Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is probably one of the simplest topics that we've ever talked about before. How to be the perfect dad. <laughs> Maybe not a perfect dad, but how to be a good dad, right? And and uh, tongue-in-cheek, this is so not the simplest thing to do in the world. Uh, but Jared and I are going to kind of go through some strategies, tactics, some uh, things that you can do, some maybe some things that you shouldn't do. I don't know. Everybody's different, and uh, all every kid is different. But uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about how can we be uh, more effective, uh, better dads. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right. Well, uh, this is a such a hard topic to t- discuss. Uh, f- I feel like every day I do a, a, a recap in my mind and, and just like, was I a good dad today? Uh, and so like a lot of the stuff here uh, are just aggregations of things that uh, I've felt uh, are, are things that make a good dad. And you know, found a couple of different articles online. Uh, one good resource that I, I uh, found and that I, I regularly listen to the podcast is uh, The Art of Manliness. Uh, I think it's Brett McKay does that one. He's got some good materials. Yep. Uh, there's also, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of other podcasts out there that do stuff uh, around fathers. And so I, I was just looking around and kind of gleaning a little bit from each of them and then added in some of my own stuff. Um, it's like, you know, Ethan and I always talk about, uh, these are not brand new ideas, uh, but they're things that are important to remind yourself of. Uh, I try to remind myself of these things all the time, you know, because if I'm lacking in one of these areas and I'm like, well, I need to go and remember to do that or remember to be a little bit better in that area. So it's so easy to forget things. So we need to keep reminders around. And so this episode may serve as a reminder to you some of the things you want to be and maybe you <clears throat> will go through our list and you'll say hey they got some good stuff but i think they left off this or that or this and and we'd love to hear what those are so reach back reach out to us and share those on social media or you know or what have you we'd, we'd love to hear that and we'd love you to add your uniqueness uh to our creed and maybe share something that we didn't think of so yeah and our, our, yeah. our it's kind of interesting because our podcast is a little bit different in the fact that a lot of people you know they get on the podcast and and they're like, you know, they speak from like a, a kind of a, a a position of authority and they're like, you know, oh, I know this and this is that, this is how it is and this is how it is. And it's almost like they're telling you these things because this is what you need to do and you need to do this and you need to invest your money this way or whatever else. Like they're like they're the experts. Right. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, that's a good tactic sometimes. And, and some of those podcasts do excellent. Right. But podcast is a little bit different because a lot of times we're like, man, what are some things that we want to get better at? And obviously we're not perfect at, and then we'll dive into those things. And so a lot of times it's like, Hey, I need, 
I, I need to, to to do a little research or to study a little bit more in this specific area. And so let's do that and let's talk about it. Um, and yeah. so that's why you should listen to the podcast because it's real. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we do research on these stuff. So in a sense, maybe we have done more research than just someone who hasn't done anything. So in that yeah. sense, we might know a little bit more uh, because we've actually paid attention enough to go look into it. Uh, I think sometimes I heard once that <clears throat> I was reading a book about fatherhood when I was first uh, I became a father. Someone got me a book and it said, the fact that you're reading this book makes you a better father than anybody who doesn't read a book. <laughs> and so just ha- having the willingness to go out there and, and learn about being a better dad or trying to be a better father, uh, that already kind of, those are the seeds of greatness uh, because you already have it in you to try to be better, a uh, better man and a better father. So, uh, so yeah, yeah that's one thing. That's one thing that I'm going to talk about is, is uh, yeah, just a, 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 a paternal influence that it can have on someone's life, even if it's not the perfect influence, but just an influence in general. Yeah. So maybe we can go one by one. Uh, you say something and then I'll say something and we can kind of okay. just go one by one down our list. So Sounds good. I think one of the most important things, and I mentioned this on actually the one we did with uh, Anthony Asbury with the Whole Man Academy. Uh, one of our other guests had said something once uh, about, uh, you know, just doing, just serving your family and, and all that. Uh, and I talked about how important I think it is to be an example uh, to your kids. Uh, there's a quote by Charles Kettering that says, every father should remember one day his son will follow his example, not his advice. And so uh, your sons uh, and children will follow the, the example that you set for them uh, much more than what you say. I think that's so powerful. And so like if I want to teach my kids uh, to be honorable or noble or to serve, I can't just, you teach that by serving. You teach that by being an honorable man. You teach that by, you know, if you get extra change at the gas station, you say, oh, son, we got to go back in. They gave us too much money. We're going to give it, go give this back. Or, oh, son, I accidentally put this in my pocket when we were in the store uh, and I walked out. So we had to go give this back, you know. Uh being honest and uh, being the kind of man that you want your son to become, you have to show those things. I think it's important op- also is to sometimes create opportunities for your son t- sons to see you doing those things. Now, kids, not that, just sons, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah kids. Uh, I say sons sometimes because I just have sons, but Ethan has a, a wonderful, beautiful angel of a daughter. So <laughs> sometimes I forget about that. But kids because uh, we're talking about fatherhood for for all, all here so when i say like artificially create things i don't mean like put stuff in your pocket and walk out of the store right but what i'm what i'm meaning by that is that if your kids want to know what being tough or being resilient looks like then take them out in the woods and go camping with them or being resourceful go take them and solve a problem say hey son the truck the the the, the car needs to be worked on i need your help uh fixing the car or, hey, son, let's go to the gym and let's lift weights. Show them what it is to be strong. And so you have to almost create opportunities where you can showcase uh, your example to your kids uh, of of the kind of person that you are. Show them who you are. I invite them to your triathlon, like Ethan just had done a triathlon. Invite them to your, your jiu-jitsu tournament if you're doing one. Or invite and sh- showcase... I, occasionally when I'm sitting up the podcast, I'll let the kids come in and 
they like to like speak into the microphone and hear it on the headphones and stuff. And sometimes I even uh, will. Uh, one time I, I I got brought the kids in and we did like a special night with the boys and and we I interviewed them on uh, o- over the microphones and they thought it was the coolest thing ever. They made like a little mini podcast and so I think that being an example and then finding opportunities where you can show that you're that example uh, in an authentic way, not like, hey, son, let's go uh, to, you know, do so- I want to go show you this. or But even, uh, I'm just like kind of mixing up my words here, but like be authentic about it. Sometimes dads will try to be something that is not who they actually are. Um, and it might be a false sense of like, trying to show off to your son, don't do that. Uh, but I also think it's important you can have other adult men who have other skills that you don't have. And you don't have to have all the skills. That's why I think that scouting can be a great thing. Uh, it's because other adult men have skills that often you don't. Like, I don't know how to weld. But if some other guy knows how to weld and he can teach my son uh, how cool it is to weld and, and build that skill. I want to expose him to that. I don't have to be everything, but I can be a, a facilitator of that for my kids, a facilitator of knowledge and learning. And so uh, I think that's, well, actually, those are kind of two things. Uh, be an example that where you and where you can't be that example. Be a facilitator to where your kids can be exposed to those things and learning those things. Yeah. That's great. That was that, that was on my list. Be positive role model, an example, uh, demonstrate integrity, honesty, respectful behavior, and and owning your own behavior, which is which is true. So I, I agree with that. Uh, a couple of of ones that I had: um, be present. So spending time with your kids, and, and when you are spending time with them, spend time with them. Don't just uh, you know sit on the couch as your kids are playing and you're on the phone. Right. Yeah. Be present. Um, and then I'll, I'll couple it with another one, um, of, uh, showing love and affection. I think this is uh, kind of underrated and, and sometimes it's, um, especially for like the father, right? The men, um, that I, I don't know if it's like this anymore, but I think maybe for kind of like our parents' generation or, or even kind of the generation before ours, the father was kind of almost a, a cold or a more stern, like uh, less less loving uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I don't think we had that. I, I think our dad was was very um, loving and affectionate, and, and he he said I love you a lot, and he would you know would give hugs and, and every, everything else. Uh, but I, I think that um, that's expressing your love is is very important, both through through actions and words. That you know you don't get to you know, 18 years old and you've never heard your dad say, I love you. Right. That's, that's sad. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and would be extremely tough. Yeah. Those are a couple that I thought. I, if I may add on to one of your ones, you talk about cherishing time with your kids. I think that yep. there are different levels of, of quality time that you can spend with your kids. Uh, you know, there's kind of like you get home from work and you just drop down on the floor, just wrestle all the kids, you know, I think that's one uh, level of uh, time with your kids, uh, like collective, just free for all wrestling. You know, you could say that, or just collectively hanging out and maybe dancing around and, and just being with the kids. 
Um, yeah. You're present, you're there, but you're with them collectively. I think that there's another level that is important too, uh, and, and I've tried to, and I've mentioned this many times before on the podcast, but it's like a an individual specialized time with the kids. And that's I, I kind of alluded to this earlier when I said special nights. Every month I try to do a special night with, with each one of my boys individually where I'm focused solely on them as an individual uh, and I'm spending time doing something that they like, uh, a game or uh, we could play a board game or we can sometimes we'll even play uh, Switch or we'll play Mario, Smash Brothers or we'll play Minecraft or we'll go outside and play basketball or jump on the trampoline or, or we'll do something fun. Uh, but it's that individual time that is also important so that they know, especially when I have four kids, uh, it's it can be difficult where I don't get to, sp- I get to spend, you know, two seconds talking to one kid, but collectively I'm spending an hour with them. And I'm like, I just don't feel like that's, I'm giving them enough individual time for them to share with me and build that relationship of, um, you know, that one-on-one personal relationship. I, I always think of that song. You ever remember, do you remember the song Cats in the Cradle? Yeah. Do you know what the, the, the moral of that song is or like the, what that song's about? No. So, it, uh, you know, the cat's in the cradle in the silver spoon, the little boy mm-hmm. blue and the man in the moon. So that whole song is about a guy who has a kid and he says there's train, there's planes to catch and there's trains you know, to catch and I'm busy doing work and his son's born and he's not even there. And then his son's growing up and his son says, hey, dad, can we go throw a ball around? His dad's like, hey, yeah, I'd love to, but I'm really busy right now. I've got a lot of work. Uh, and then... Uh, his son, he, and then his son's like, man, I'm going to be like my dad one day. I'm going to be just like my dad. Uh, and then he, later, um, you know, the son gets older and he's kind of in high school and he's like, hey, you know, uh, let's spend some time. He's like, ah, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm kind of busy or whatever. And then the son goes off to college and then uh, oh, oh, in high school, he's like, yeah, dad, can I just borrow the car? I, I'm just kind of busy. And he's like, okay. Uh, and then the son uh, gets older and he calls the son went up one day and he's like, Hey, could I come and visit you and the kids? And cause the guy's married now. And, and, and then the son is just like, Oh yeah, you know, the kids are sick and then we got just too much going on. And then he realizes in the end that his son became exactly like him uh, and that he never fostered that relationship with his kid all along. He was always too busy for his kid. And then in the end, his kid was too busy for him. Uh, and yeah. so it's kind of a tragic song, but uh, definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard it before. Yeah. It's Agreed. a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that was just... I had an- go, go ahead. You I, had, go- I had another one that kind of yeah. went along with, with one of the other ones we talked about, uh, which was um, a kind of an example um, and setting a, setting the the correct example. Uh, this one was was teaching life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're, you know, we're thirties and, and we have, uh, uh, well, I don't know, 30 years of life experience, uh, whatever that's worth. Uh, it's more than the, the, the five years of life experience that my, you know, or six years, seven years that my, that my kids have. Um, and so obviously there's, there's things that you can teach them. And yeah. I think, like you said, kind of being resilient and, and, um, uh, you know, even if it's having a um, a mindset of of learning and of uh, exploring things and and wanting to 
you know, understand more about what's going on around them. I think there's just a lot of skills that can be taught to kids. I think a lot of people too underestimate the skills that they have. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I can't teach my kid to code or I can't teach my kid to be a doctor or whatever else, but there's, there's always things that you can do, you know, bits of knowledge that you have that you can impart on your kids. And kids are curious too. You know, we'll be sitting there and, and mm-hmm. at dinner and one of the kids will be like, you know, Hey dad, what, what does this mean? Or what is that? Or, you know, and, and, and a lot of times I, uh, I will, will, uh, I like to kind of draw things out and so I'll get a piece of paper and I'll write it all out. And, and they're like, what does, you know, what does 1 billion mean? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, and we'll go through, this is one, this is tens, this is twenties or, or, you know, hundreds, this is thousands. Right. And we'll go through like all the zeros and get to billions and be like, this is all whatever it is. And, uh, so it's just, you know, teaching, uh, supporting their uh, their interests, their hobbies, their ambition, and, the, and their desire to, to learn. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think those moments come up a lot of times. When I'm in the car with the boys, taking them to and from things, uh, especially to and from jiu-jitsu, usually I take them. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Or to and from school in the morning, we talk about... What, what would happen if you ate the whole house? Or you know, like quick questions like that. It's yeah, like, what? So, yeah. <laughs> But like recently, what I really get some raptured is like what I'm talking about, like the Chinese government and how corrupt the Chinese government is or like how they tried to pull the wool over everybody's eyes with coronavirus or, you know, or how how a business works or how like gross, how how you make money in a business. And I'll give them a simple math problem. And it's like if you buy something for a dollar and you sell for ten dollars, how much money are you making? And they talk about economics and so we'll talk about tons of stuff, and then they'll get back in the car after, like, you know, jujitsu or whatever, and they'll say, "Dad, can we keep talking about that one thing?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Uh, so yeah, definitely taking those those moments to do that. Uh, one that I had here was uh, loving their mother, uh, and this is that's a good one. It I think it applies differently uh, for boys and girls. Uh, I think when I think about it applying to my boys, I think it can show how a man should treat a woman, uh, how with respect, how a man should talk to a woman. Uh, and that way, a lot of times, hopefully my boys will model that with their future wives that we, I'm not yelling at my wife. I'm not hitting her. I'm not putting her down. Uh, and well, she's not, and I'm not allowing her to do those things to me either. Uh, and so just the way that we, we talk with women, the way we treat women, it sets an example that can easily be followed. And I think for young girls, too, is that they can see how a woman should be treated. So that yeah. sweet girl that you have, Ethan, uh, she can say, hey, this is how my dad treats a woman, and this is how I expect, expect to, to be, be treated. treated when I start dating young men. And if a young man doesn't treat me how my dad treated my mom— um, then, uh, you know, then I don't, I'm not interested. And obviously there are situations where people, you know, some people are crazy, you know, some, maybe, uh, so maybe the, the, maybe the wife is a narcissistic, manipulative, psycho person, or maybe, or maybe the dad is. And so obviously there's situations where that doesn't work out. Um, but, uh, where it is possible to work out, I think it's important to show that respect, um, and, and love. And also that will, 
not only show them how to treat women, but also sh- or how they should be how women should be treated if you have a daughter, but also just it will model how a marriage should work as well. Uh, and that's, I think, a, an important teaching lesson as a father to teach them this is how a marriage works. This is what we do. Um, so and I, th- I think yeah. it's important sometimes to, for them to see you having discussions with your wife, working through problems, uh, those kinds of things as well. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Um, uh, another one that I had was, um, and I think this is in, in, in important, and, I, and I'll kind of dig into it a little bit, but uh, setting boundaries and providing discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this doesn't mean constant spankings or, or whatever else. I mean, it, it, it can if that is how you choose to discipline in certain circumstances. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to discipline your, your own children. Um, but, uh, one thing for me in, in this specific, uh, category is, and what I've been trying to do is teach my children to understand the consequences of their actions, right? So if I do this, then this and this and this or this could happen, right? And, if I do it, then is right, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Is it uh is it worth the consequence to do it? Is it worth the risk? Mm-hmm. Um and in some instances it's not a risk and it's a good decision and, and it have a great consequence, you know, and in other decisions it's maybe questionable, and then some decisions are just poor decisions, right? That yeah. have poor consequences. Um, but if I can teach them kind of the the skill of being able to take a step back and look at the whole picture and say, okay, all right, if I do this, you know, if I choose to, if my kid gets to college and they, you know, choose to not go to class in the morning because they want to sleep, then, you know, can they see a half a semester down the road when, oh, the teacher actually takes attendance and I'm going to fail that class, right? Or or just the, the consequences of the things that they do in their actions. Yeah. Um, and, and, and hopefully, if I can teach that in their childhood, I will have to regulate that. And a lot of times those consequences will come from me. Um, but if I teach that properly and, and, and enough, then when they get to the point of, of self-regulation and they start reaping the, their own consequences um, or natural consequences, whatever it might be, that uh, that they'll always have in the back of their mind, wait, wait, take a step back. If I do this, what's gonna what, what's the possible outcomes? Yeah, well, you have to remember that their brains aren't fully developed until they're like yeah, and that takes 21. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and 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 I was actually gonna say it at the beginning, but. Uh, I think right being a good father is a it is a journey. It is a long journey. Mm-hmm. And you know, nobody is the perfect father whenever they have their first kid and nobody is the perfect father whenever they die. Right? And it's it's a journey, but I think it's uh it's it's a learning experience that as long as you're continuing to grow and trying to do better then hey, yeah. you're on the right path. And fatherhood like that relationship you have with your children changes uh, as they get older. You yeah. know, fathering an adult child, 
you know, being a father of an adult child is more like a friendship uh, than, uh, or as a teenager, you're more of like a kind of your coaching, uh, you're being a mentor. Uh, whereas, you know, when you're younger, when the kids are younger, uh, you're more like, a you know, you're telling them exactly what to do, all this stuff. And, and they don't, cause they don't have much leeway. And so you're more of a, a dictator then, <laughs> or at yeah. least a, a benevolent dictator, hopefully. A conduct, a conductor, a con- there you if go. you That's will. a much better word. Uh, absolutely. Was that, did you have anything else on that one or was that it? Uh, no, that, that just kind of the, the discipline and, and, uh, boundaries. Yeah. I think that uh, yeah, there's so many. I have so many here. So another one is is patience. Patience is a huge one. Uh, I think that as f- fathers, uh, it's important to uh, have a lot of patience, uh, especially when these kids have been like ragging on mom all day long, coming in and having a lot of patience with the kids, uh, and not just being short with them uh, can can go a long way and sometimes though I find myself like if my wife's patience is at a zero then sometimes I find myself matching that level of patience because I, I see that she's like very frustrated and so yeah. my level of first so I'm like oh she's kind of at the end of her rope these kids have gotten her to the end of her rope for so I sometimes feel like my patience is cut short uh, in that sense I'm still working through that to to know if if that's a good response to be like, hey, you guys have been ragging on mom all day. It's time to like chill and and listen. Or if I should just be like, be much more patient. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what that right balance is. But I think overall it's important to be patient, especially with little ones. I mean, sometimes we think, you know, these kids are, are older and more mature than they actually are. I mean, like from an, like a nine-year-old, I'm expecting him to do all this stuff. And he's it's like, he's just nine years old. He doesn't yeah. know hardly anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the patience one is kind of interesting too, because um, I feel like there's, there are certain things that I am more patient with than others. Um, you know, some things I feel like I'm, I'm relatively patient with, but then there are uh, kind of, other things that they do, uh, I don't know. Let me get an, give an example, right? So, um, I don't know if the kids are uh, disrespecting or like back talking their mother, right? I have zero patience for that, and it doesn't matter how chill I'm feeling at the moment. I will be all over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there's other things of like you know tipping back in your chair. And I've told you like 50 times to stop tipping back in your chair, but you know what? Let's, let's let the consequences follow. Yeah. Right? That is exactly what happened to dinner tonight. One of the kids fell over backwards in their chair and slammed their head on the floor because I told them literally like a hundred times, stop tipping back in your chair. Maybe not hundred, maybe yeah. like 10. And, uh, and then after yeah. I didn't get, didn't get super angry. It was just kind of like, That's what okay, happens I'm sorry that, that happened. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. And I gave him, him loves and and everything and and said you know do you think that was a consequence of your actions and through the tears it's just yeah. like yeah yeah okay. I think sometimes patience though is like I don't want to always be like stop doing that stop doing that stop doing that you know yeah so I'm just like uh, sometimes patience is just like dude let these kids get hurt you know if yeah, they're gonna marginally get hurt let them get hurt maybe they'll learn a lesson uh you know if I'm okay with if if I say hey dude you're gonna scrape your knee if you're doing that. 
you're going to fall. You know, if they're not going to get like majorly hurt, if they're going to get a, if they're going to get something that will heal within a day or two, uh, you know, I'm just like, I told you, but you can learn your own yeah. lesson. Uh, something with minimal amounts of blood. <laughs> yeah, hopefully a child protective services isn't listening to this episode. <laughs> They're like, what? You should never allow your children to fall, you know? Uh, yeah. So, you know, you just have to, and I think that's sometimes what the difference between a father and mother, a mother's oftentimes can be so coddling, whereas a father's like, no, he needs to be, he needs to learn how to do uh, dangerous things carefully, as Jordan Peterson says it. There you go. I like that. How he says go. that. Uh, one of the interesting things that, uh, how fathers just bonding through play uh, roughhousing, wrestling. Uh, there was a study that showed that babies whose dads were more active and engaged during play had fewer behavioral difficulties at age one compared to those who were more distant and detached dads. They also did better in cognitive tests at two, for example, in their ability to recognize shapes. <clears throat> cognitive hmm. ability, the the importance of, of dads are, is so important. And, and, I mean, not not to downplay moms, but dads are, are critically important too, and that's why they forecast prison uh, populations based off of third grade literacy tests, because those kids in third grade they are a product of the environment that they have been raised in. If they don't have a good home, if they don't have a good father and a mother there in third grade. That's when they're going to start seeing signs of uh, future failure. And so uh, I think that it's so critical that they have that good relationship. And part of that is just, like I said, having that fun, fatherly bonding play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I went through, and um, if you Google uh, good dads, you get a whole mess of stuff that's almost impossible to sort through. So I, I, I found a couple examples that, that I thought was were kind of interesting. Um, and we've actually talked about one of these. Uh, so uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, or do you know he had 20 kids? What? Yeah, he had 20 kids Dang. with uh, in, from two different marriages, but only 10 of his kids, and it's just kind of a product of the time probably, but only 10 of his kids actually made it to adulthood. Oh, wow. Um, but out of those 20 kids or those 10 kids that made it to adulthood, um, he was uh, kind of uh, um, known as someone who was very close with his children, and he fostered these musical talents that he had and and was very involved. Same kind of with uh, Albert Einstein. I don't know how many kids he had, um, but he was very involved in their education and training, and he in taking their expertise and their knowledge and passing it to the next generation. And so I think like four of uh, box kids were. Uh, excellent and world-renowned composers and um, musicians and and everything else just because they had you know he he saw that hey I'm really good at this one thing or or, or multiple things or whatever it might be yeah um, so I'm gonna pass that knowledge on to my kids uh, so I thought that was kind of cool yeah um, that's cool another example was uh, Teddy Roosevelt mm-hmm. so I really like Teddy Roosevelt uh, I mean he's just got just some 
really cool stories and and uh just the 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 grit and determination that he had but he had uh six kids and um I kind of read an article talking about how he some of the things that he specifically tried to teach his kids and uh a couple of things that he even through his very demanding political career um and then pre-political career of 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 being in the military and uh that he taught his his, his children important life skills and values such as resilience, self-discipline and a love for nature. He would uh, often, and he would loved being outdoors, uh, in the outdoors. So he often took them on many outdoor adventures, uh, camping trips or hikes, um, instilling in them kind of just this this deep appreciation for for the world around them. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, we kind of understand and know a little bit about his um, kind of experience in outdoors and and, and everything else, but. I think really providing that kind of nurturing and intellectual stimulation, right? Or the, at least an environment for your children. Like you were saying, Jared, when you're sitting in the car and don't, you know, I, I think a lot of times what, what I tend to do is if I'm in the car with the kids or whatever, we'll, we'll be listening to music or whatever else. But that is such a golden time to create a, a, an environment of the stimulating conversation, yeah. right? Ask a, ask a question. And kids, they want to talk. Trust me, kids want to talk, especially if they if they feel safe in an environment. Um, and so, getting into that article, he fostered curiosity and and regularly regularly engaged them in debates about a wide range of topics. Um, so it was just kind of a a cool example. And he had several kids that actually grew up to uh, do several different things, including. Um, politics, diplomacy, conservation, and kind of carrying forth a little bit of uh, his legacy to a certain extent. Yeah, that's cool. He had a great quote on on uh, raising children and the joy of raising children, uh, but I don't know. I don't remember what it was exactly. But he he's always great. Grows uh, great, great. Lots of great stories from him. We'll have to do. We'll do a post on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other ones that I was thinking of is you mentioned. Um, well, one of the ones I don't think we said yet yeah, is just to protect them, uh, protect yep. them from the evils of this world: physical, spiritual, emotional, uh, intellectual. Uh, all these different ways. I mean, there's so many educational. Uh, Protection yeah, from, <laughs> protector from public just, school. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many things that uh, right now I, th- I feel like children are the target of some really evil forces right now, uh, especially in our country. And actually across the world, we were talking to a guy the other day, and he was talking about some of the issues that he was having uh, in a different country, and so which are similar issues we're having here. And so I, I think that, it's important to protect your kids, whether that's keeping your home safe uh, from uh, burglaries or thefts or keeping it safe in the sense that you don't have like needles hanging all around or you're not a drug addict and you're not 
putting your you don't have some type of career where you'd have uh, two twins with a with an axe show up at your house. <laughs> yeah, a Breaking Bad reference there. Uh, so like keeping your family safe, you know, either you know you don't want someone knocking on your door, and, and, you know, coming. Make sure you are the one who knocks. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then also like protecting your kids on the internet, uh, protecting your kids from people that would do them harm. I mean, how many parent we've come, we've, we've known in the past, maybe 20 years, but maybe in the last 10 years, just how many, uh, abuse situations there are in churches, uh, with people that want to abuse children gravitate towards professions and and volunteer positions in which they can be with children it's a sad reality uh because you're like oh man like boy scouts of america uh is is a is a it's a clear example uh you're like man these i want my kids to be around other men who are examples to them but you get a bunch of creepers who go to the boy scouts of america because they want to be with young boys and they want to touch boys and, and they want to get boys alone and all this creepy stuff um, that is just heartbreaking. Uh, you see that a lot with pastors and preachers a lot of times. The Catholic Church had a major, was having major scandals about that, but I don't think it's just the Catholic Church. It's lots of other churches too because you get people who, are pat- who want to be in a position of authority uh, and they can do things uh, that... They'll say, "Don't tell your parents this because I'm over authority of you." Coaches too, so it's a, it's a, that's a a way that I think in the last maybe ten or twenty years that people have really started to realize, wow, like this is very prevalent, uh, and we need to protect our kids from this and uh, at, at all costs. And then, so there's there's lots of different ways you can protect your kids, uh, and you know, I think that's. Uh, Against all, like you said, against ideologies that are false or that are uh, that are confusing or, or things that might uh, lead them just into a dark hole, uh, that that also could be uh, a way to protect your kids. Yeah. So I, I did some research, and we've talked about a lot of different things, um, kind of in general that that make potentially a good father, right? And so I, I kind of narrowed that down a little bit and kind of have a list of what are some daily things that I can do that will increase my efficacy as a father, right? That will make me a better, better father. Like what, what are some action items that I can take away from this? And a lot of these we kind of talked about, but I'll just, I'll just skim through it. So quality time, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Active listening, right? Our kids want to talk. So stimulate their minds with a question and listen. See what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, showing affection. We talked about that. Uh, a bedtime, participating in bedtime routines. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you can, I think it's an excellent time as a father. Right? Don't just let mom put the kids down every night. Oh, mom does that. Right? Participate in that, in that nightly routine and debrief with your kids. How was the day, right? Tuck them in, give them a kiss, say goodnight, I love you. It's a perfect opportunity to kind of have that that closure to the day with your kids. Uh, communicate openly, be honest and truthful, straightforward with your kids. Um, another one is encourage independence. I liked this one. Let them 
let them make their own decisions and let them solve problems on their own. Don't always be, you know, don't, don't be the hero constantly. Mm-hmm. Don't just be that parent that comes in and fixes every single issue that their kid, that their kids have. Right. Maybe you could come in and propose several different uh, options or whatever it might be, but let your kids be independent. Um, and I'm not telling you this. I'm just relaying experts uh, advice to someone else. So I'm still working on these FYI. Um, I think one I'll throw in there is praise your kids when they do something. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Express appreciation, which is kind of that praise. Completely agree. Engage and play. And then the last last one I think is extremely important, and we kind of talked about it as well, but practice personal self-care. Take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, right? Make sure that you are in a good spot to be able to be a good provider, yeah. right? To be able to, you know, I don't know, like even go out and, and, and shoot a basketball with your kids or whatever else it might be, right? And, and this is maybe like an example to the way, way, way extreme. But I was watching this thing and it was kind of this like prepper guy and he was really into fitness and he was all about kind of like, you know, when the apocalypse comes and, and, and when, you know, it all hits the fan and the economy collapses and everybody's, you know, we're, you know, the EMP hits the United States or whatever else. He's like, one of the most important things that you can do right now for to prepare for that time is to be physically fit. He said, that is probably, he said, that's almost more important than having food stores or tons of guns or whatever else it might be. It is being physically fit and and able to handle your situation right what if yeah. you have to pick what if you have to pick up one of your kids and run a mile right yeah. would you be able to do it what if you you know all these different questions with a uh, with a yeah, go bag if, and, yeah exactly or, or carry a bucket yeah. up a hill up a giant hill to get water for your family yeah yeah i mean what if and so physical fitness is just the basis of survival to a certain extent. So personal practice, personal self-care. That is one of the best examples that you can give to your kids. Yeah, I remember watching this, one of these like shows on TLC where it was like, you know, some you know, fat show where they're like 500 pounds or something like that. And this lady's like, you know, she's so fat that she that would take her daughter to like the park and she was so big that she couldn't get through the gate to go in and like be with her daughter. So she would have to wait like in the back of her, like Subaru, uh, in the parking lot. Cause she couldn't even get through the gate. Uh, yeah. and then she lost some weight and she was just like, I can fit through the gate now. And I feel like, like a, I can, I can be with my daughter when she's playing. And like, just like that, it's, I mean, I can push her on the swing. Yeah, exactly. Catch her at the, catch her at the bottom of the slide. It's like, that right? was so like life changing, you know, for, for just, yeah. be able, just to be able to do that. And so like, it's just amazing how probably life changing, not only for her, but for her daughter. Oh yeah, too. totally. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of an ex- extreme, extreme case, but absolutely like being able to be physically fit enough to, and, and to, to, capable enough to do those things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then I had a couple more things. I don't know, George, you, yeah, I, I had, uh, one is obviously providing for your family. I don't know if we said that yet. Uh, 
I think providing can mean a lot of different things. Providing the right uh, atmosphere in your home, a happy atmosphere, an atmosphere free of contention and fighting and and all these uh, negative things. Uh, Providing love, but I think in a sense, I'm talking more about providing physically uh, uh, for your family in that you're, you're making money and you're giving them opportunities to learn and grow and explore the world around them. If I am a father and I'm like, hey, well, I don't have enough money to t- ever take my kids uh, on vacation to the beach and my kids never saw the beach, that would be kind of sad, I-, I feel like, in my mind because it's such an amazing experience to see the ocean. Uh, now, I-, I guess maybe some people could be like, you know, someone that's like way richer than I am. It's like, oh, I can't imagine not taking my kid to the Swiss Alps, you know. It's so amazing. And like, yeah, I, I guess if you had enough money to do that, uh, and you, our listeners in Ohio right now are like, you guys are idiots, you know, it's so far away. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, what, I, the point that I'm trying to make is that you, it's a, it's part of a father's duty, I feel like, to provide opportunities for their kids. Whether that's simply saying, hey, let's go walk around in the woods and let me show you some cool stuff or let me take time. Some things don't even cost any money. Like this, like for example, uh, this summer I'm trying to, the kids are home. It's a lot for my wife to watch all four kids every single day. So what I'm doing is every single day I do a a lesson for the boys, for the older two boys. Uh, So I take like an hour every single night and I go through and I create a lesson for them for the next day so that they can go through and watch YouTube, a kids-friendly YouTube video and they can go through and answer questions about what, what was said on the video. And I've taught the kids, uh, the first week I taught them war, World War I stuff. So they learned about Pearl Harbor. They learned about the Pacific Theater. They learned about D-Day. That's World War Two. Oh, yeah, World War II. Uh, yeah, and then the next week was the body. They asked to learn about the body. So we learned about all the different systems of the body every every day. And then we they wanted to know they wanted to learn about time. So we talked about the constellations. I talked about the calendars, the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, the Aztec calendars, and, and how they kept time and clocks and watches and, and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, this week we're talking about inventions. So we talked about Henry Ford. We talked about uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft. Uh, and then I was like, it was like, your mom has a video. That was funny piece on that. I was like, your mom has a video to show you. And it's the one of, of Bill Gates jumping over the chair. Did you, have you ever seen that video? No. He was in an interview once. And this lady's like, uh, I heard that you can jump over a, a, a computer chair from a standing position. He's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And he goes up to the computer chair and he just jumps over this computer chair. <laughs> and it's like the most funny thing ever. <laughs> they would ask him to do that. And she was like, yeah, it's an accomplishment when he does it. It's funny. And like, of course, they they added music and it's like the, the damn it feels good to be a gangster song behind it. Yeah. So it's freaking hilarious. But anyway, so like I've been doing these things to really give my wife a break, but also to teach the kids something cool so that when I get home from work, I'm like, hey, what you guys learn today? The other day they learned Morse code. They learned about Morse code. Uh, it, we taught them about Samuel Morse uh, and. They actually, I actually had them write their name out. Hello, my name is so and so in Morse code, uh, so that they could you know kind of see it. And so just doing stuff like that. I've actually got them all saved. So if you're interested, Ethan, I can maybe send them over to you. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that's that's awesome. 
But it's a lot of fun, and I, you can create those opportunities uh, and provide that type of environment in your home. Uh, some things cost money. Some things you can do for free. So, yeah, I love it. I think I think that's those are all great things. Um, lastly, and this is kind of what I'll what I'll kind of close it out with. Um, I wanted to to share just some light statistics, really, of the importance of having a father in the home, just in general, right? It doesn't have, it doesn't even have to be like this amazing father, right? Just having a paternal presence in the home, right? A mother and a father. And in some instances, even just a father, uh, but we, we won't get into that, um, has such an impact on the children. And so a couple of things are, um, number one, academic achievement. You kind of talked about this, Jared, they, uh, uh, they look at the third grade reading scores, and that 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 that, that is a a pretty good indicator of uh, like prison rates in the future. Um, and so, having both parents in a home, uh, the children tend to have higher academic performance. Um, that they just uh, perform higher on on just national tests, and 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 just their average scores are better in reading and math compared to other children that come from a single parent home. You don't even need statistics uh, to see that, man. You could just see it clear oh, as yeah, day. Sure. You, you, you take your kids into elementary school. When COVID happened, you know which kids just totally disappeared off the map? The kids single were parents. grandma was taking them to school or stuff like that. Yep. And I know the kids in, in Colton's class, there was three or four kids that their, their single mom or their grandma would take them. And then boom, they never came back. They never came back, never gone on a single Zoom call. They were gone during COVID. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, how much of a setback is that? Totally. So uh, next one was behavioral and social development. Uh, so this is basically kids in a fatherless home are two to three times more likely to exhibit um, delinquent behavior, substance abuse, teen pregnancy, compared with uh, children that come from a family with a father in the home. Hmm. Wow. Um, so, you know, if you want to avoid those things, then be present. Don't abandon your family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mental health as well. Um, according to the the CDC, that there are some pretty significant tests and studies that have been done that say that there are significantly higher rates of um, mental health problems such as depression and anxiety and even other like more serious mental health diseases um, from families, uh, children that come from uh, homes with no father. Hmm. Uh, so obviously the next one is uh, economic well-being. As you kind of talked about providing, uh, I guess the the overall national poverty rate, and this is just a very general statistic. I don't know how exactly they calculated it, but the over, overall national poverty rate is like uh, 11.4%. Um. But in homes where there is no father present, it is over 26%, hmm. um, which is, you know, over double uh, of that. Now you can kind of look and say, well, maybe that's because they're not there. They have an extra income or whatever else, but just having a father in the home helps to provide and alleviate the, the situation. Um, Another one, kind of just just health concerns, um, just in general, physical health. Uh, kids that come from a two parent household household with the father at 
home are just significantly healthier. Uh, and then they just have healthier relationships. And so yeah. those are just kind of some, maybe some high level statistics of you don't have to be a perfect dad, right? But yeah. being present, right? Jared, reading that book on how to be a good dad, right? good just start. some effort or seeds some great, desire to, to, to right. be there and to love. Yeah. That's a, that's a great start, right? Just if that, if that is your starting block, then great. Start there. If it's further back, then great. Start there. And if, if you're a, a great dad already, then awesome. Keep doing these things that, that we talked about. You know, I'm sure we missed some, um, or help the next guy next I, to you. I think that help the guy next can, to you be a good dad too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'll even go as far as to say, you know, if you have exposure to maybe some kids that don't have a parental figure in their life, you know, you're not their dad and maybe that's a little bit different, but you can have an impact in their life absolutely by, by showing them that you care and that someone cares, a man out there cares, mm-hmm. giving them validation, answering their questions that maybe mom can't answer. Uh, not that dads are smarter than moms, but things coming from different parents were, you know, male versus female just hit differently sometimes. Yep. Um, sometimes it's from mom and sometimes it's from dad. So I, I think this is really, uh, it's been a great episode. We've talked about so much, yeah. um, but I think your personal creed, right. And building your, your creed with us in this brotherhood will go hand in hand. I mean, all of these things are great for being a father, but I think all these things are great just practices in life in general. I yeah. mean, just in relationship building with other people and building them up and, and um, you know, just being the best person you can be. That's right. Well said. Thanks for those statistics at the end here. I think that this is incredibly important to build your creed and for our followers and for those listening to this episode, Please come build your creed with us and let's build it together. All right, let's do it. <laughs>